Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi there, this is Penny. Thanks for joining us today for the Flourish Podcast. This is a great day for me because I have on the podcast today one of my very dearest friends, Karen Mateo. And we've been friends, what, 25 years now, I think. Uh, how old is Daniel? <laughs> He's like 26. Okay, because, yeah, <laughs> so since you were pregnant with Daniel. It's been a long time. And I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast much at all, you know that I talk a lot about my dream team. And Karen was an incredible member of my dream team. I just could count on her for everything. She was my right arm and just so full of wisdom and love and compassion for people. So she's dealt with some challenging circumstances in her life over the past while, and yet she still has such a great heart and is faithful and persistent and immovable. And I wanted her to share a little bit from that perspective and also just about what it looks like to really be a pillar in the church, because she has been. Uh, Keith and I have been gone from Living Hope for quite a few years now, but she didn't skip a beat coming right alongside Pastor Doug and Paula as they took over and serving with her whole heart. So I thought we could start off a little bit. You can share just a couple minutes about, you know, what happened and what you dealt with in the last while, and then... In dealing with those circumstances, how have you remained so steadfast? Well, it's quite a story to tell, I guess. Uh, five years ago, you're like right literally out of the blue, I had a stroke. Um, I didn't even, I, I hate, it sounds like I was such so foolish, but I didn't even think that's what it was because I didn't have any of the... Uh, the circumstances that would lead to a stroke, you know, my cholesterol wasn't high, my blood pressure was actually kind of low, I wasn't obese, I wasn't diabetic, you know, none of those things. But it ends up I did have atrial fibrillation, which I was unaware of. So anyway, you know, at the end of a long, fruitful day, I just kind of sat on the couch to re- read a book and literally just <laughs> never got back up. Mm. It, it it was it was very scary, um, very unexpected, but you know, <laughs> life isn't fair, so we just go on. Yeah. So, obviously, you had some moments and weeks and months where you had to totally regroup and just process through all of this, and obviously, it was a tragedy in so many ways, and has changed your life in quite a few ways. I mean, you're still as sharp as a tack as ever, but just like even ability to get around quite as, the same as you did has changed. So how did you get to the point where you just learned to just persevere and say, I'm, I'm staying in the game. I'm going to represent the Lord well. I'm going to still help other people. What in your heart helped you to do that? Well, that really was a journey. You know, when they talk about the dark night of the soul, boy, I I was there. Like, I cried for months and months, like nonstop. Um, And I just really felt like everything I had was gone. Because literally, (laughs) a whole lot of it was gone. You know, I can't 
walk independently. I can't use my left side really at all. But I have to tell you that never, never once did I blame the Lord for that, mm -hmm. which I think is such a gift from Him. I mean, I, I prayed constantly. I wanted to hear Him tell me that it was going to be okay. I wanted Him to tell me that, you know, in six months or a year or two years, it's like this was all going to be over. And I never heard a word. Mm -hmm. but, but I also never felt alone. I, I was so aware of his presence all the time that I got to the place where that was enough. I've always been a person who, who wants answers. You know, I, <laughs> if you know me, you know that I ask a million questions all the time. I want to know why, where, when, how. And so that was very, very difficult for me not being able to do that. But, you know, after a while you start thinking, okay, well, If you knew all that, that would take trust out of the equation. Mm -hmm. So I got to the place where I actually thought, okay, Lord, if I don't ever know, I believe that you do, and I'm trusting you that you're going to make it all make sense at some point in time. And that really is where I, where I found my peace. I think that, um, like, when it first happened, I, you know, I thought, well, what, what's going to happen? Like, am I going to, like wake up tomorrow and it's going to be gone like the TPA shot's going to have worked? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, will I have to go to rehab for a while and then I'll make my way back? Or, like, maybe I'm going to die because, you know, in my career of working, you know, I process disability claims. And so I knew all too well that that's frequently how this ends. But strangely enough, again, you know, I, w I was not afraid at all of dying mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a gift to me. The night in the ambulance that they were taking me to the hospital, I remember thinking, okay, Lord, well, if this is how it's going to end, then this is, this is it. Um, I didn't have any regrets. My husband and I always kind of kept a short list. We dealt with things as they arose. And there was no one I felt that I needed to say I love you to. There was no one that I needed to ask for forgiveness from or to give forgiveness well, to. Well, that's pretty awesome, Karen. Well, it, I had no, no idea, but it, there was so much peace in that. I thought, okay, Lord, well, yeah. what, it, what it is is going to be what it is. Actually, I was almost at that point hoping that that was how yeah, it was yeah. going to end because that would have been a much, better, a much better ending for me. Like the Philippians 1.21 verse, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's been, that was my verse kind of a... I, I mean, I always liked it, mm -hmm. but that's my life's verse now. Because mm -hmm. now I think, okay, like I'm right now, he is with me always. And if I die, then so much the better. Mm -hmm. the, the, the trick comes to making this life then purposeful. Because I think that was, you know, I, I, I confess I, I did, str I struggled with some depression, you know, for a, a year or two, probably at least after that just thinking, what do I have to offer? Like, you know, I'd always been the doer, mm -hmm. and now I was the taker. Mm. And it was really, it was so, like I did not have a healthy attitude for it. Let's just put it that way. But um, I thought, okay, Lord, well, if, if you're going to leave me here, like I need to survive in spite of my circumstance. You know, I thought about Paul saying, you know, to live as Christ to die is vain. And then like a couple of verses later, he, you know, he talks about being um, 
content in every circumstance. So I thought, okay, now I need to, how do you do that? How do you learn to be content in this circumstance without giving up? Mm. Like I couldn't quite figure out how to balance that. Um, I wanted to be content, but I also wanted to keep striving to be better. And I wasn't sure how to make that all work out. Yeah. So in the end, I think that I just kind of thought, okay, Lord, I'm a mess, but I'm your mess. Mm -hmm. So like you have shown yourself faithful time and time again. So I'm just going to trust you, you know, that you can use what you've got here. Mm -hmm. And then the hard part for me is then just to step up and say, okay, Lord, here I am. Because it was really pretty intimidating, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, again... Going back, uh, Karen, there was nothing that I couldn't ask her to do in regard to leadership or being a part of the leadership team of the church. She was able and willing and capable in every single area. So, yeah, processing through, well, I have not quite as much ability to do everything I used to do, I'm sure has been very hard. And and just let me say, too, as people, as a friend, there were times when I would come and visit Karen and I would just cry. Do you remember those times? I do. I do you know just... what? Those were precious times <laughs> for me because you were one of the few that would do that. Yeah, I mean, I would just break down and start to cry because I saw the things that she was dealing with and facing, and it broke my heart too. And, you know, having, again such a close bond with Karen. It it hurt me to see her not be able to do everything that she used to be able to do. But if you want to have someone that, and actually I've had her do this before at conferences where she talked about what does it look like to be a team member extraordinaire within the church. And if you want to have someone that you could ask, how do you what does a pillar in a church look like attitude wise, uh, commitment wise, perseverance, wisdom? What does that look like? You need go no further than Karen and just say, what does that look like? So I thought that would be my next thing that you could just speak to that. Like for people out there that are struggling, you know, I was just talking to Keith and a couple other friends about how many people leave the church nowadays out of offense and, Something bothers them, they get offended, they get um, an attitude about a leader or someone in the church, and, and, and then they're gone. And, you know, they just get all disturbed, and that's something you've never been willing to do or consider. So how do you stay such a committed fit through the ups and downs, through the challenges, through the changes in the church? How have you stayed such a, a servant, a pillar, a leader in the church? Well, I think that I have had the good fortune to be under the teaching of pastors and their wives who have consistently taught me what the Bible says, not what I want it to what, what I want to hear. Like I know that as Christians, life is going to be hard and we're going to be offended and we're going to face struggles. And you can't just cut and run when that happens. That it's really not about you. It there's a there's a deeper war going on, the spiritual thing going on. And and when we continue to look at our problems and our situation, it's so easy to say, well, this doesn't make me feel good. So I'm going to, I'm out of here. And 
honestly, like I'm sure like you, if we left every time we didn't feel good about right. it, we'd all be gone. Exactly. So I think that from an early stage in my Christian walk, I understood that Christianity isn't about making me comfortable. Mm. It's about doing, you know, just being obedient. <laughs> I yeah. think I learned obedience. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, I mean, again, in any dynamic, in any situation, there are going to be times where people offend us, people annoy us, people frustrate us, whether it's the pastor, the worship leader, uh, someone else in the church, someone in your small group. But like Karen said, the willingness to just honor God. The Bible talks about God sets members in the church as he sees fit. And I know with Keith and I, we have purpose in our heart never to leave a church wrongly or with a wrong attitude or out of being offended or just because we felt like it. We've always been said we will process this and go to the leadership and be sent out with their blessing or we won't leave. So, I mean, obviously there are moments where there's maybe some radical sin or something involved in a church and and you're dealing with somewhat of a different circumstance. But what I have found is most people that leave churches something just made them upset or they heard a rumor or somebody else's feelings were hurt or or the pastor didn't do this or whatever and it's not reason to just walk away so i have to admire people like karen who have the maturity and the heart to walk out their commitment before god and just to put their hand to the plow and say i am going to serve where God has planted me as long as, you know, he has me here, I'm staying here with my whole heart. And if ever that changes, I would go to the leadership, I would process through, I would handle it in the way that's right. So anything else you want to share before we sign off? Um, I don't think so. I think that my wish for your listeners would be, you know, we serve to an audience of one. We're not yes. here for the pastor. We're not even here for the church. We're mm. here for Christ and Christ alone. And every day I get up and I think, okay, Lord, if I want to die well, then I need to live well. Mm. And living well means dying every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, just get up every day and, and, and ask yourself, like, how can I best be used by him? How can I serve him? And then just trust him with the way that it unravels. It may not look like you've done a lot. Like in my case, I think, well, I didn't do much today. But, you know, don't miss those little opportunities that you have to speak life to people. It makes a big difference. Amen. I love your heart, and I love you very much. <laughs> love you, too. Always will. Thank you for joining us today, and love you all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.